and welcome to our first episode of POW, The Power of Women. I'm Kathleen Waters, your Chief Legal and Public Affairs Officer, and have the honor of kicking off this podcast series. The mayor of our village, Javier Rodriguez, has helped launch several initiatives underway to support women in the village, one of which is this new podcast series that we're kicking off today. In this series, we want to connect with you, leaders of all genders and identities at DeVita, and talk about issues important to women. Although the series name is The Power of Women, the podcast is for everyone. We hope to cover topics that are inspirations for all leaders, regardless of gender, or your time in your life, or your experiences. So listen in, and we hope you find a nugget that you can use for yourself. Our overall hope is that there's something in here that inspires all leaders to champion purpose, connection, and belonging, in particular with women leaders that you work alongside. The focus of our first couple episodes will be helping leaders help women managing phases of life and still be successful at work. Tips to get through being new to the job, a career junction point, empty nesting, and many more. We will also talk about issues unique to women in the workforce and work to help everyone not only understand those issues, but become allies in helping women grow. Today, we start our series with a fireside chat to gain some wisdom on facing career junction points from the life experience of an accomplished leader and one of our board of directors, Barbara DeSore. It is my great honor to do this with Barbara. The moment I met Barbara, I knew she was someone super special. She is super smart, wickedly smart, but more importantly, she has a way of zeroing in on the most important issues after hearing a lot of different things and question them, and she comes at it with a great sense of humor. You know, one of the things that impresses me and inspires me the most when I see our board in action is that we have four women leaders on the board and a woman chair. But more importantly is that each of the women are very different. They have approached their career in different ways. They have different paths and they all have different styles. And each of them is incredibly comfortable with who they are and all that they've accomplished. And so it allows someone like me and hopefully each of you now to see that there's so many different ways to be successful at your career and so many different styles that work. So you can pick one or two things from each and then make it your own. So today. We're talking to Barbara, and I I think we'll start. um, Barbara, if you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. I am, uh, first of all, extremely grateful to have the opportunity to be the first on the podcast. And Kathleen, thank you for those kind words. I agree. We have a great board and a very diverse board, and everyone brings so much to the table. So about me, I am retired, having worked for about 40-some years at two companies. One, for 35 years, I retired, I flunked retirement, and then worked again for another company for six years. I am married, I have a daughter, and now, as of October, a grandchild. I had a very unique background in some ways. I'm from the Midwest, originally, the first in my family to go to college because my parents worked very hard. I'm one of four siblings. And I got to live overseas for most of my middle school and high school years. So you've had a few big career juncture points. Was there a time when you were making a decision of, do I go for it and go with this move or, or how you thought of some of the career junction points that you had? Probably the hardest career decision I had to make. Uh, there was a merger that took place 
And everyone that I knew in the executive ranks at the company on the West Coast, which is where I was, decided to leave. And I had a choice as to whether to stay or to leave. And I stayed. And and I'm really glad that I did. But the point I wanted to make is there came an opportunity. I was on the West Coast. The new firm was headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I had to make a decision when the first opportunity for me to physically move came along. My daughter was five. My husband was also working. And I think I've mentioned this to you, Kathleen. I had like five lines of defense for childcare. We had a wonderful caregiver who came during the day. My husband worked close to home. I traveled a lot. I had a grandmother, a step-grandmother, and a sister all as backup, so I could feel totally confident going to work that my child would always be in great hands. And making the move to reestablish that network of, first of all, personal friends, and most importantly, childcare was a very emotional decision, but one I made because the opportunity was so good, and I am ambitious and decided to pursue it, and my husband was all on board. What it reinforced was really the importance of a network, and in that move, my husband, of course, was extremely supportive. My godmother, who was a retired Navy nurse, called me to congratulate me on the opportunity and said, if you need anything, she was in Florida. I said, actually, I do. Could you come to North Carolina? And she got in her car the next day and she drove and she stayed for six weeks to help with the transition. And then colleagues from the community and from work really taught me empathy for being a single mom because my husband was taking care of everything in completing his job, selling the house back West. And so I admire single parents. It was obvious choice for career purposes, but a real challenge for personal purposes. But there's no looking back. It was the right decision. So there is a lot there that I would love to ask you about, but I'll start with when you were approaching this decision, you obviously understood that there were your work and your personal life. And do you think that there was anything different in how you approached it or what society expected of you, at least approaching it because you were a woman? That's a great question. I never thought of that. In hindsight, looking back, it was sort of a rushed opportunity. I think it was more about family because my boss at the time, he made me the offer when he did because he knew I had a child and wanted to make sure the new school year would start and not disrupt the school year of the child. Now, maybe he did that because I was a woman executive, but I think he did that because he just recognized the importance of family and thought that was important. So nothing particularly about being a woman. Well, that's a good tip for people just to be cognizant of all of those issues when you are doing it. And another thing that you talked about, which I know is, is one of my top five things for women is asking for help. What advice would you give to people like that? Because that's a hard thing to do sometimes. The best advice I ever got, step back. You are now at a point where you can get help, you can afford to pay for help, figure out the things that you uniquely can do, and delegate the rest of it, and your life will become so much simpler. And it was like the clouds cleared, and the family had the weekends together, and I was much less stressed. 
And I wish I'd gotten that advice years earlier. Yeah. And and not everybody has the financial opportunity to to do some things, but we all have friends. It, it, we do have a village. And so to leverage all that, isn't that right? That's right. Think broadly about your network that you can go to for help. Yeah. And do you have advice for other leaders who are managing women coming up with career decisions? Like how, how did your boss, it sounds like he was thoughtful in how he approached this with you. Any advice for people who have women who are making these kind of career decisions? I learned a lot from good managers as well as from managers who were not so great. And early on in my career, uh, one of my grandparents died and I wanted to go back for the funeral. And the manager talked me out of it and said, it's really not important. She's passed. You don't need to go. We've got important business here. And I caved and I stayed. And I regret it to this day because I missed something that was very important to me based on that bad advice. And then I think, and I'll get to what everyone can do because of these experiences. My father was in England and he had an aneurysm and it was touch and go as to whether he would live. And I had a boss at that point. He asked me what I wanted to do. I said, I don't know. I went home. I called my mother. I found out the details and he called me and said, Barbara, are you going? And I said, yes. And he said, go, do not worry about a thing. We've got you covered. You stay as long as you need and you come back when you're ready. And the contrast between those situations. So what I would say from my experiences, whether it was pregnancy, whether it was grieving over a loss of first my mother and then my father, uh, really critical points in my daughter's life, when she was having some emotional problems, just be a good listener. Have your antenna up. If somebody's behaving differently, earn their trust and confidence so that they'll share with you and then be supportive. Remember, be supportive in the short term, however pressing the business needs might be, because the loyalty that I felt and the confidence that I had in the firm doing the right thing was something that probably contributed to me staying for 35 years. I couldn't think of a better environment based on the behavior of the second manager. And as I became a manager of larger and larger scale teams, I always did that for people. People who were like burnt out and they wanted to quit. And I would say, take a time out. Why are you burnt out? My brother died after a long illness. I was taking care of him. Take a leave of absence. You don't know how you're going to feel a month from now, two months from now. And then once you've grieved and gotten through that, then think of your career. Let's just take that off your plate for now. That's an outcome that I always did because I remembered how badly I felt when someone was not there for me versus how great I felt when someone. So managers, your job is to be there through the ups and downs and personal and business combination of situations and do whatever you can to support. And I know Davida is very committed to doing that for its teammates. That is awesome advice to listen and be supportive. Um, and hopefully, hopefully our managers are doing that. Um, but I also want to, you, you said something too, you said uh, as an aside that you were, you were ambitious and, and it's actually one of the things I love about you too, is that you are not ashamed of that at all. And sometimes I think women are kind of trained to not 
be ambitious or to at least not show it. And so how did you get the strength to kind of be so upfront about it, that this is who you are and, and what you're going to do? I had tremendous confidence in high school and did very well. I was in Europe in an American high school at the time and just had the most supportive teachers who pushed me beyond what I thought was possible. And so I think that was a good setup. In addition from at home, my parents, neither of whom went to college, my dad dropped out of high school saying, whatever you want to be, you can be. And then I went to women's college and that was the icing on the cake. I was there competing with other women who were brilliant, who were outspoken, who had different ambitions. And it just caused me to say, wow, what an impressive group of people. And to come to that place of then saying, shoot for the top. If you don't get it, never look back and say you didn't try. That's awesome. With that energy, you probably had never considered really slowing down. But I, I think that there have been moments in your time where you're like, do I really go for this? Or maybe this is an opportunity to slow down or take a step back. And if people are going through that decision making, what advice would you give to them? Or have you ever done that yourself? There are two points um, that were particularly challenging. One, I was eight months pregnant when I got my first big opportunity to accept a major management job at my prior firm. And first, kudos to the manager for offering the job to me when I was eight months pregnant. Uh, but I was honest with him. I said, look, absolutely, this is what I've always wanted. But I have no idea, once I have a baby, what my emotional state will be. Then maternity leave was only six weeks. Will that be sufficient? Will I be ready to come back? So I will accept the job on the caveat that I don't know whether it will be right for me once I am a parent. And he allowed me to accept on that basis. And I got started in the job and then went on maternity leave and made the decision to come back. And so as a manager, there was no arguing. There was no trying to convince me it would be otherwise. A great listener and very supportive in saying, look, you're an important talent to us. We hope you come back. But if not, there'll be something else you can come back to that'll be more appropriate for you because we want you for the long term. You know, one of the things that I'm hearing too is it's interesting because I get asked, like, how do you bring my manager into the conversation? How do I engage them? And it seems like that's something you have done at each stage of, of your career or when there were some big decisions. And how is that? How do you, how do you think of that, of, of getting them on your side or, or getting their opinion on things that you're just trying to decide? Just be direct. I'm a very direct person, sometimes too direct. Sometimes cutting in at the wrong time is, is you know, part of what I need to be careful about. But I've got this issue I am dealing with, and it's not obvious to me, and particularly when it crosses work and, and personal, any suggestions. And, and, and part of it is just, I don't want to disappoint. And if they didn't know the whole story, and then I took an action, that wouldn't be fair to them either. And it certainly wouldn't be fair to me to get the best advice possible. So that, that's the approach that I've taken. And what about a woman who, who might not have that close of a relationship with their manager? Is there any advice in that situation? Well, I'd say this applies to both men and women, is there are other alternatives, right? 
there's people services, human resources, you know, personnel, whatever you call it in the firm, but there are other avenues. There's peers that you can go to. Just think of your network again at work more broadly than your manager. If you don't feel comfortable with the manager and imagine having the conversation with someone that you do and pursue that would be my advice. Good advice. Now, if we have time, I'm going to ask you just quickly about the time when you did take a role when you were eight months pregnant or just back from maternity leave. I believe you were one of the first women to have a child at such a senior level or that kind of role in your job. Isn't that right? That's right. And what was that like? Again, it's part of who I am. My boss told me that and it was sort of hard to believe, but it was a one sentence thing. And then, okay, so I'll be yet another first and then moved on. And he was really worried about how everything would get done. You know, six weeks went by in a heartbeat, obviously a very short period of time compared to today's standards, appropriately so. Today's standards for maternity and paternity leave are much longer. But what it did, and this was another important management lesson for me that I learned, is I had a great team around me and I got them together and said, look, you can view this as a challenge, which none of them did, or an opportunity. I'm going to split up my responsibilities among you. You're going to have an opportunity to enhance your resume. You're going to interact with people who I would have interacted with, who you otherwise wouldn't have. Think of this as a career advancing opportunity uh, for you. And you can pick up the phone and call me at any time. Not a single one of them picked up the phone and called me during that maternity leave. They handled it beautifully, and almost all of them got exactly what I said, which I couldn't have predicted, positive exposure, positive experiences, and they got career opportunities as a result that were accelerated because of the positions they stepped into and taking over some of my responsibilities while I was out. So this goes back to your first one of asking for help, kind of full circle, ask for help from everybody. That's right. All right. So I'm going to close this out with a question. It's a little sneak peek for any other guests that are coming, because I think we're going to try to end each of our podcasts with this question, which is looking back at your career, what advice would have you given your, given your past self? Much earlier to be much more reflective about my soft spots and what contributed to them. So I am a conflict avoider, naturally. And it comes from being in a family of six and at the dinner table and being shy and quiet and listening to other people argue and see the arguments accelerate and feeling very tense during that time. And come in the work environment, I would stress sleepless nights when there was conflict and I had to go up against somebody whose opinion I didn't agree with or with a recommendation that I knew they wouldn't agree with. And then connecting the dots through one of the training programs that I went to of, you know, here are your strengths and what are your areas where you'd like to improve? And let's talk about why those are areas that you'd like to improve. Why does that conflict avoidance, where does it come from? And once I realized where it came from, I wish I had realized it much sooner because then I could control it. And once I did that, I never I shouldn't say never, but it was much rare that I had a sleepless night over a work issue again. All right. I know what I'm doing tonight. Um, <laughs> get out my little worksheet. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights, Barbara. This was awesome. It was just a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in to POW, The Power of Women. I hope that you are able to take away some of the words of wisdom and insights and all the various different things that Barbara shared with us. And you can find a nugget to take back with you um, for you or someone on your team. This is Kathleen Waters, and thank you for leading with your hearts and understanding the power of women. Have a good day.